Hi, um, hopefully this is now going live. I'm hoping to have Ramley John from uh, the Product Lead uh, Institute coming on board today to talk to us about Product Lead growth and how to apply it properly. And I'm just waiting on Ramley to join us. I'm hoping that um, we get to see him sometime soon and we can then uh, kick off the session properly. Uh, for those that don't know, product led growth is um, for for SaaS platforms, and it's uh, the alternative to a sales led approach to business. And hopefully, as I say, Remley John from Product Led will be joining us um, shortly. I'm just waiting for him to sign in and come on come online. In the meantime, if you're in your office or you're at home and you're just jumping on, try a uh, grab a coffee or some refreshments, a beer, wine, whatever it is you like, and um, just get ready to uh, to join us and, and dive into this subject. Any people that have got any questions on product led, um, please feel free to to chime in and type them in. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Um, I'll put them to Remley as he. Uh, as he's, as he's talking, or if not, if I don't want to interrupt him, I'll try and save him for an appropriate time. But I do want it to be a little bit interactive and to make sure that um, you guys are actually getting some value from um, what it is we're trying to talk about today. So for those that don't know, I'm Paul Sullivan. I am the MD of Digital Bias, and we primarily work with SaaS and technology companies across marketing and sales, but that's the least uh, interesting information to share with you guys today. So I've just seen Ramley open his email. I'm seeing him connect. Um, Ramley, let me know you can hear me. Great. Why am I not? There we go. Oh, goodness. There we go. And Ramley joins the call. Ramley, thank you for joining. I, I kicked off a little bit early, and hopefully um, that doesn't impact what we're doing too much. But thanks for joining us. Um, and um, yeah, let's let's kick it off. So. Remley, um, product lead growth, that's the subject of the day. Um, I'm happy to yeah. say that I've actually completed the course, so I'm one of the converts. But for those that don't know who you are, why don't you tell me about yourself and about the business? Yeah, my name is Ramley John. I'm managing director at Product Lead, where we help companies uh, and lead business leaders to transform their business from uh, sales led to a, a more product led organization. Um, we've been running for five years now. Uh, our training program has been going on for for three years, so we're really passionate about helping more businesses become uh, world class product led businesses. Okay, cool, cool. And and what, why why did you why did you choose that? Like, where does that come from? Yeah, I mean, it's just we're. I guess I've been on the other end. <laughs> you know, they would just say that the guys is always greener on the other side. Where I worked in a sales side organization, where uh, you know. Whenever we made a big sale, we would hit the gong and be like the typical Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> celebration. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that there's definitely some positive side to that, but I saw also the negative side to it, where um, the product, uh, the product roadmap is sacrificed for pushing features that is not on the roadmap just because they're trying to close the sale, or where marketing becomes really, really focused on 
look is, is approached as more of a, a cost center where in a product-led world, uh, every team is working together really to drive uh, user success. And it's not necessarily promising the moon <laughs> to close the sale. It really yeah. is like aligning your success, success to that. And I just saw the, I, I, the whole team dynamic shift uh, in, in that world. So I mean, I'm really, really attracted to companies that are very product-led and really like you know, uh, where it's win-win uh, versus s certain situations where uh, it's not always that the case. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and, you know, to, to kind of take that and, and manifest product-led, like, the, you know, your online business, what what is it about um, leaders and trying to impart the power of product-led within the SaaS or within the product development um, roadmap what, what is it about that that really excites you yeah i think it's just it goes back to that i get excited when you you impact the impact that you're you're you you have on from people's life at the end of the day uh whether you're in engineering whether you're in product whether you're in customer success even at in sales there's that impact that you're making in transforming somebody's life and mm -hmm. i know I'm, i that sounds so like i'm exaggerating but Think about uh, the way that I use that we use Calendly or Restream yeah. or other tools that we have. It completely changed the way that we used to do things. For Calendly, the way that I used to do things to to book meetings is we would go back and forth by email. Uh, oh, does five p.m. work for you? No, two, three, and then it would be three to four emails before you actually find a, a time. And with Calendly now, like I, I can just book it in an instant, and that's the kind of transformation that every product. Uh, it really needs to to bring about in in this product-led organization that does you, you you know you're really aligning everybody's work from finance you're now investing in projects or features or things like that that yeah. really gets people more successful and product obviously are releasing features to make it easier for users for sales now it's it's not necessarily about closing the sales more about helping people succeed within your product now it's everybody has now this one sh mind shift. Uh, this this paradigm shift of like, how can we make the users more successful in their workplace, in their life, and in in their, wherever setting that your product is being used at? And when that does happen, there's that alignment does bring success to your team and your organization and your business. Yeah, and and there's a number of kind of nuggets in that in that last statement that you made, and one of them was kind of looking at producing. Um, added features for your users right and and that's a big part of what product led is all about and and why don't we dive into that a bit why don't we kind of look at how um how companies should really be approaching that from a product led approach for sure yeah would do you want to start with the, the features or where do you exactly yeah yeah let, let, let's start with um with you know enticing the customer and making them happy. Like if we just keep that in the top of mind and then apply a PLG across that. For sure. I, I mean that, I mean, there's this concept that Wes Bush put in his book around like three three things that you really need to do to, to be successful with product-led growth. The very first one is around deeply understanding your end users. And I think that that goes back to one of the things that, that he talks about in the book about understanding not just the functional outcome like what is what are they trying to achieve mm -hmm. you also want to understand exactly their the emotional outcome what are the feelings that they want to feel as a result of of using your product 
and I know that's like, oh man, you're like getting too far into like the soft side into yeah. into product, but really like you're you're trying to find a holistic approach to to what success is for your users, and that's just not functional. There's also the emotional side. Going back to Calendly, it's removing that that frustration, mm -hmm. and really like, and uh, that's one emotion that you're trying to. Uh, help with your users but also feeling like they have a new superpower or feeling more productive now mm -hmm. they're not wasting time going back and forth anymore and the very third piece that Wes talks about in his book around success or outcomes with your end user understanding that is around the social uh, outcomes where you're trying to understand exactly how they want to be perceived by the boss by their co-workers or by the colleagues i know often this is it often forgotten in the B2B space, where B2C, yeah. obviously, when you're using Facebook, is very social already by nature, or Twitter, or even Restream, where we're saying, we're sharing this in a, different, a bunch of different platforms. Yeah. But in even the B2B product, people use that in a social context. Like, uh, you know, there's that human element. We're selling not to a business particularly, but there's a human to the other end of that B2B product that is using that product. And mm -hmm. what is what setting are they in? Like, what kind of praise do they want to hear from the boss when they use their product i love this ad that i saw from from canva canva is an easy way to create uh, images and logos and business cards and one of the ads says we make you look good uh, in front of your boss even if you don't know how to design things no, no coding no design experience required and yeah. we're really that's emphasizing that that description and enticing the user is now hey we're not just uh, a place for you to design stuff. We're not just a place for you to feel like you're a professional designer, but we're also a place for you to uh, one day be praised saying, hey, Paul, I didn't know you were so creative. How did you yeah. design this logo? Hey, Ramley, you're a math major. I didn't know you can design some really cool stuff. When did right. you learn Photoshop? Like those kind of words is, is, is what you want to emphasize in enticing users. When you emphasize the functional, emotional and the social aspect to to your product mm -hmm. that's a great way to like pull users in and really like speak to them uh, uh, at a core level and not just just the functional or the, the the practical side to what your product really does that's how that's how i would approach enticing users from the get-go it's really deeply understanding your users uh, and what they're trying to achieve with with the success yeah and, and i can relate to that because um like i use like the adobe suite and uh, my sister will just come and smack me right out of the park with something that she's just built on canva and like she's just got like no design experience in that field so i, I get that and she's like always warm and excited because she she can do that but that leads me on to like the next part of that right so if we've we've talked about how you um you're encouraging users in you're trying to build a product that um enables them to be rewarded in their job by their job and by the people around them and recognize around them right but you have to get those people onto the platform right and i found onboarding as part of the plg course um was a part where we dived into that a lot and and i think that i want to open the floor up and let you talk about that because i think that's a bit of passion for you there for sure. Thank you so much. It's one of the other statements. I wrote the whole book about product led onboarding. I, I really am so like this is I can talk on and on about how this is so critical. I think you, you, you nailed it on the head. Like did, like imagine uh first this is essentially the first impression a user has with the product. And we know from social science, whether that's in a date, first date or a job interview where your first interview, like when people first 
form that first impression. Usually they form it within five seconds and that impression lasts and you make an instinctive, but maybe this is like evolutionary where like you meet somebody for the first time, you already make a snap decision, whether you like somebody or not, right? Like you're, oh, Paul's an awesome dude. I want to hang out with him. Like within five seconds, you kind of know already. Yeah. It's the same thing for products. Like people, uh, there's this quote that I really love from Scott Belsky. He's the chief product officer. And we're talking about Adobe. He's the chief product officer at Adobe. <laughs> okay. He said in the first 15 seconds, people are lazy, vain, and impatient. And really that speaks to that thing that that impression that like you got, you have a short period of time. So now what you really want to think about uh, is how do you get people to that success? I was just talking earlier about the functional, emotional, and social uh, outcomes that products do. What is the minimum number of steps? What, what are things that they actually need to learn? Which features do they need to learn? The minimum number of features they yeah. need to learn to achieve that, that success state, uh, essentially. And yeah. that's that's how I usually think about it uh, is uh, how can I bring my users to that success uh, as quickly as possible, uh, whether that is reducing steps. One That's one way to improve onboarding is reduce steps. Mm -hmm. Second could be to automate. Like maybe there's a way to automate like or um, skip over steps with, with templates and things like that. Okay. Uh, the, third, the third way is through, and this is something that I've seen often when it requires a lot of uh, uh, a lot of setup would be mm -hmm. like a white glove approach mm -hmm. where like now there's a human, there's a human behind the background, like helping you. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen this with, with a company called deputy where like you're, they're targeting, uh, restaurants and n not very digitally savvy customers. Yep. And one of the things they do is like, Hey, just upload everything, all the images and we'll, we'll organize it for you. I think that's yep. one way. So I think that they just, if, Rule of thumb to make onboarding easier is it what is how can you make it easier for users to achieve success within your product? Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's a good rule of thumb for people to to follow when they're thinking about onboarding. Okay, okay. And um, who 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 do you think's nailed it? Like of the software mm -hmm. that you that you're seeing, right? And you're, you're you're like me. You're passionate about software. Who <clears> has <throat> nailed onboarding for you, and why? <laughs> I'm a big fan of, I'm definitely a big fan of Canva, like the way okay. that they, they've on the, the onboard, like they have, uh, they, one thing I love they, that they do is like segment their new users very early on. So they ask you, Hey, uh, what are you using Canva for? Is it to create presentation slides? Are you a small business that's trying to create logos? Are you a nonprofit that's trying to do this? Are you a student that's trying to impress your teachers? And based on that, what they do is offer suggestions. Like with, with Canva, once again, it's an easy way to create any types of designs. And imagine they have like thousands of templates. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, we wanna avoid with onboarding is overwhelming users uh, okay. and really like like just giving them, it, it sounds, sounds counterintuitive for sure, but when you give people too many options, uh, mm -hmm. they get uh, super overwhelmed and they, they run away. Uh, yeah. And so what they, they what Canva does is once they you, you tell them which who are you and what you're trying to achieve, they offer you here are the top five designs for small business owners. Here are the yeah. top five designs for teachers. Here are the top five designs that students use, and really that makes it easy for you to choose one. So I think that's Canva is definitely one of the top ones out there when it comes to onboarding. Okay, and who tanks? 
I'll bet I don't want to thank anybody okay. here. But I would say that I think one thing that I've seen in terms of quote unquote thank you <laughs> is the crutch with with product tours. I think that's okay. one thing I, I've seen this over and over again with product tours where now onboarding is often associated with with product tours and the danger and this is this is the one like oh man come on again yeah <laughs> is yeah, when yeah. when a product tour essentially points every single thing out in the product where hey ramley here's where you do this here ramley here's what you do that and going back to what i said earlier you want to just show the minimum number of features to get yep. them to user success uh, an analogy that I love about uh, describing this annoying experience is imagine, Paul, you go to a, a, a grocery store and mm -hmm. somebody grabs your hand and then starts pointing out, hey, Paul, uh, here's here's a chicken. Here's the toilet paper, Paul. Here's <laughs> here's where the tissue papers are. Here's the aluminum foil. Like, hey, man, I'm just here. I just needed to get a piece of chocolate bar, and that's it because I'm hungry. <laughs> like, oh why do you need? To, why do you need to point every single thing out when I just I just need chocolate bar? Well, a better experience would have been like asking, "Hey, Paul, what are you looking for today?" And I say, "I need a chocolate bar." Okay, it's right there. So, just in a similar way, it would be much much better when you understand what that user success and even segmenting it like Canva. So now, if you know that. Paul is looking for a chocolate bar. You don't need to point out every single thing, no. right? So I think that's one thing that I've seen over Tank Over. It's just crazy. I've gone through like hundreds of onboarding uh, experiences, just like looking at it. And this is something that is a big culprit that I've seen over and over again is, is pointing out things and features and telling what it does, not how it's helpful and why yeah. it helps users achieve their success uh, in within the product itself yeah and, and and all of that is is like makes a lot of sense for people but what really stuck out in my mind there was um that talk about experience right and you talk about what that first taste is like i think it's it's like when you walk into a high-end or like a, a a reasonable high-end fashion store and the first thing the sales assistant comes in and does is like this is all the new stuff this is this and this is this and it's not about you at all it's about what they need to sell and that feels like what you just talked about was that experience replicated mm. online, right? Um, I, I see that, the general wizard, right? This does this, this does this, 24 steps, and I still don't know anything better, right? So, so that doesn't help me um, as a user, and it certainly doesn't make me feel like rewarded, right? And time to value, like, that's one of the key things, right? And let's talk about time to value because, you know, we're all... We're all looking at how our platforms can can create that engagement, but how how quick do you feel from from like registration to if registration right. is even needed first? Do you feel you should be looking oh. to get me excited? Oh man, you kind of beat me there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like going back, to, you mentioned is registration even needed? Like that's yeah. such a good good point uh i'm gonna i'm gonna answer i'm gonna put it aside here for now let's yeah, again yeah. around registration okay uh, going back to canva again mm -hmm. if you actually google instagram post templates or some kind of like business card template usually the first top three is canva mm -hmm. and what they've done and kudos to their growth team is they drop you into a bunch of templates already around as instagram posts mm -hmm. and they get you to start designing it they, you, you're 
as you're about to download it is when they ask you to sign up. Yeah, so yeah, you've yeah, already yeah. committed all this time near the end and you're very like, oh, this looks cool. You're playing around with it. And that goes back to this, this psycho psychological principle called uh, IKEA effect, okay. where uh, it's, it's uh, named after this furniture store called IKEA. Big furniture store. I hope, I hope, I hope people tuning in know know about IKEA. But essentially, a lot of IKEA packages they they come unassembled, so you have to go home. You have to assemble everything. Yeah. And the study found that people who who even though IKEA is not necessarily uh, super expensive, people found this stuff that they've built themselves more valuable than ones that they've bought already pre-assembled. And it's the same concept with this, where as you're modifying things and changing things you you've already sunk in time and effort already into it so you're more likely to register yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you've already spent time to it uh, so i think that's just one point that you made like a great point mm -hmm. around registration like it, if it's even needed um, getting them to the aha moment or to that experience that value experience beforehand like going back to your going back to your question around time to value i think that's something that really needs to be experimented on and the reason why I say this is it's a it's it's a misconception to say that um, the quickest time to value is the best time to value. And let me give you an example. Actually, there's the study that Claudio from CEO of Enetrends did, where mm -hmm. one of their clients they reduced their time to value to like three minutes, mm -hmm. right? Oh, that's good. They've reduced it down, but they actually found that the people who experienced the value within three minutes, they didn't stick around as much as people who their time to value was seven minutes. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a time to value that's too fast where people actually, you're kind of rushing them through the experience yeah. so much so that they actually don't learn anything. Like there is that optimal value time so that people yeah. actually are getting uh, used to it, learning things because sure you can, you can uh, teach me something in two minutes, but I'm yeah. like, I, you can teach me like, physics in two minutes but i'm not going to retain anything yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah. It, like if it, if it takes time like you really need to something that you really need to experiment with and look at your your data to see what optimal time to value does does uh, does it take for me to get new users to experience my value so that they stick around after 12 weeks and really that's what you're optimizing for you're not optimizing we're not optimizing for people to experience that value or optimizing for people to stick around like retention is is the key um variable the key factor that we're optimizing for and that's something that we just need to to realize if it takes 12 minutes and people are sticking around the longest for that and then so be it mm -hmm. uh, and you want to really definitely optimize for, for that so so on that note how would you differentiate uh, what what would you do to understand if your own product was suitable for a product-led approach, right? Because does it work for everybody? Yeah, that's a great, great question that we hear, um, that Wes and I hear over and over again. Uh, and, and it re really does depend. I think it depends on a few things, whether product-led is is uh, suitable for, for your business. I think the first thing that you wanna look at is you definitely wanna look at your users, the type of users that, that uh, you're serving. Uh, mm -hmm. An example I, I bring up all the time is, when people are buying jet planes and you're ultra rich, you yeah. jet planes, <laughs> not like me, you don't, have, not. <laughs> you don't have time to do free trial. You don't have time to test drive a jet plane, right? You have somebody to 
just tell me just tell me what is the best one and i'm gonna i'm going to get it i think there are certain users where uh you know uh, they're they are too busy but in in that in that particular example the buyer mm -hmm. might necessarily be not be the end user so right. the the question now is is the end user do they do they do they care about trying things uh and mm -hmm. experiencing it for most end users yes all right for most end users they actually try but there are some users who are they just they just want to be told what is the best <laughs> what is the best one for there i think that that's the first one is yeah. is is your users the second one that you want to consider if product is is right for you is you want to look at your your product now there are certain products that is super super uh, complicated that doesn't have a quick time to value like what we talked about things like you know like uh, that requires a lot of education still um like cryptocurrency or anything that requires like it's very bleeding cutting edge that nobody still understands Mm -hmm. in that situation educate like a huge education hurdle is there and a product-led approach might not necessarily be the right approach for your your business i think that that's the user you want to look at your your product mm -hmm. the last thing that, that you definitely want to look at is you want to look at your industry if your industry is shifting uh, more and more towards uh, a product-led approach uh, a big a big example that that i can think of is way way back then Customer relationship management or CRMs were very sales-led, but um, companies, especially like HubSpot, they saw it in their industry that they were starting to see competition pop up, where they were offering a free premium version of their product of their CRM, and yep. they they what they did was they they were smart and shifted the whole business to a more product-led approach. So I think those three things are something that I would consider whether product-led is approach for your business, and it's something that definitely. I think people need to consider if it's it's right for them and the users and the product. So I think like two nuggets that you take from there is is that typically, not necessarily always, but typically with PLG, your approach you're looking for users rather than buyers, right? You're looking for the people that are gonna use the platform. Right. Whereas in a typical sales-led process, you're looking for the person that's gonna sign a check. Right, straight off mm. the bat, that's where you want to go, right? Right. And the other thing is potentially you need some expansion, but can you give away too much value under a PLG model? Can you give away too much value? <laughs> that's a great question. There's there's a guy that people, if people are interested in product that need to follow, Kyle Poye, he works at OpenView Partners. Okay. And he's been pushing really, really hard uh, people should be opening up their their product more uh, to it, and he 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 argues in one of his essays that I think limiting features too mm -hmm. little kind of limits people from actually experiencing your value, and they get annoyed and and they leave. Mm -hmm. But going back to your question, I think there is a point where the, there's too too much value. And some some of the things that you need to consider, I think first of all, do you need to support that? support delivering that value for example okay. will you support uh it tickets go well and it's yeah. something once again you need to experiment for your product where sometimes people who like free stuff yeah. ask for the most questions <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't necessarily been the case for some of people actually it's super interesting we we have some some case studies uh from like jungle scout and tetra where yeah. uh opening up their product reduce mm -hmm. their tickets as long as they scaled up and created 
support documents and okay. and uh, and you know uh, self serve uh, support ways uh, so like or Stuff like knowledge that. base exactly yeah. uh, support messages like messaging instead of like calls mm -hmm. i think that's one thing that you need to really consider if you're if you give away all of this value yeah. all of a sudden will your support cost raise up okay. the second thing to that would be around server costs and it really depends on the business where if you are serving a huge amount of data does that result in larger server costs mm -hmm. um and then i think that's that's and the third the third thing, the factor that often we hear is around conversion. Let's say mm -hmm. you offer too much value. Will people convert to the paid version? <laughs> and yeah. I think there's a lot of ways to think about this. Uh, you want to definitely be looking at the the usage of your, your paid uh, versus yeah. your, your free users. So mm -hmm. I think they're limiting based on usage. It has been a big, big movement in the product line where like usage-based pricing where yeah. like, you know, you can, you set up to X number of uses and then after that it's now paid instead of like a time bound. I think those are some factors that you need to, that people need to experiment with, whether there's too much value or, or not enough value. I would definitely lean on like, are people who are are achieving in the free, in the free version, are they achieving, once it goes back to the success, like yeah. give, like I would lean more towards what do they really what do the users really need to achieve success in the free account mm -hmm. so that w once they achieve that they're more willing to actually go a premium a premium feature a premium version uh and i go back to canva once again where like they open up almost every single thing and yep. they figure out which features are exactly uh, uh for example streamlining your instagram uh, connecting your instagram account to canva so you don't have to download the image you mm -hmm. just click click upload to Instagram is one of their premium features. Okay. Uh, it's like, what are the things that people actually really want to use instead of premium? So I would look at those those things for sure. Okay, okay. And um, that's interesting because one of my questions I was going to ask was um, when, you, when you move from potentially like a sales-led model and you're, you're going through the process, which I'm not going to get into because I think your book talks about that in, in great, great depth but um what are the kind of things that you should be looking for right because a lot of people say oh you want to look at like your 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 you know your your user leads you want to look at dwell time and but like what realistically is going to give you you know those kpis that you should say right when we do our first 90 days this is what we want to be looking for do you know what that is yeah and it's more for companies that are going from sales side to product side yeah, yeah 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 <clears throat> I think we've talked to about a, a few ones already. I think mm -hmm. first of all, like what is how long does it take? Are first are any users achieving <laughs> value in your product? I think that's where it starts off, especially that switching, yeah. where um, early on a lot of the companies that we've seen, uh, for example, a company called Jebit, where they create uh, quizzes to giant leads. Yep. Uh, their first version was like people couldn't people got lost. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, how do I set this this quiz up? This simple quiz for generating leads. Right. I think that's the first thing is like trying to identify the milestones that users need to take to get to to that success. And then you want to start looking now at once once some users are getting through there. It's now more about optimizing um, mm -hmm. that 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 time to value. How many people are achieving that value? And long term, you also want to be looking as well 
uh, once they've achieved the value, how many, like what is your free to pay conversion? Mm-hmm. Um, are people upgrading? And yeah. what are ways that you can encourage them using um, in-app tactics like what we talked about product tours or uh, mm-hmm. or checklists or anything like that or messages or onboarding emails uh, that you can use to encourage people to achieve that outcome as well as upgrading to to the next step. Those were those are ones that that uh, that I would definitely look at. You, I, it really depends on your user journey. People mm-hmm. like are people signing up for the free trial or, or freemium? The next step is are people achieving uh, success with your product? And the very last thing that I would look at are people actually converting to upgrading to the next level? Uh, would be some of the things that that I that I would definitely look at. Okay, and so is product led just meaning that I, I can just say right, we're going to go freemium and that's it. I've opened up my, my product. What else do I need I, to do? Oh that- yeah, I wish <laughs> I wish it was that. I wish it was that simple. <laughs> there, there's this there's this ice this analogy analogy that we've been using uh, like the iceberg analogy right. when people see uh, the iceberg is usually an iceberg only you can only see 10 percent of the iceberg up, up on top of the sea and then 90 percent of the mass of the iceberg is below the sea usually what we what people see is just the free trial of freemium but to you're already alluding to it like there's a ton of other things you want to consider um we talked about onboarding approach mm-hmm. you also we haven't really talked about how your culture shifts how your team shifts. Now, we've been talking a lot about how the culture of the team now back in a sales led or traditionally, you're, you're, you celebrate sales. You celebrate hitting your, your numbers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the product that you want to hit the numbers too. But hitting the numbers is secondary to celebrating the success of your users. Because then, mm-hmm. once again, it's aligning user success to that. And now, who is involved in what they're what they're involved in is it also changes. Um, in in a product led organization, the sales now transforms from traditionally more outbound approach uh, and really like showing a demo of the product to now you're talking to potentially people who are already using the product. They're already seeing the value of the product, right. and now you're like trying to um, help them achieve even more and maybe even break down any barriers they might have or red tape that they might have to sell it within their organization. So yeah, so there's onboarding approach, there's the product led organization that shifts. There's mm-hmm. also pricing that, that also might shift tremendously where you really want to think about how to align your pricing model to user success. Uh, and that goes back to usage based model where you know, you don't really necessarily want to punish people for by increasing their pricing based on their success. Yeah. But at the same time, as users get more successful, they're hopefully, especially in, in a B2B setting, they're mm-hmm. making more money as a uh, as a, a business as a result of using your product. And right. how do you tie that that win to to your win? And uh, once again, going back to Kyle Poirier, he's the expert on all, all of all things usage-based pricing and really tying it back to that instead of like tying it to to some other met- value metric or not. Uh, and so yeah, those are just some of the things. There's like definitely the biggest impact would be around culture. That's the one thing that we hear over and over again. Um, a company called Vendesta, uh, they're Another, still yeah. it's been two to three years and they're still making that that shift in in the culture and really like trying to understand where uh, how everybody fits in to 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 a product-led 
business instead mm-hmm. of what they were doing before. And uh, there's definitely a lot of like helping people get buy-in and a lot of people getting people aligned in the shared mm-hmm. understanding because like it, it is uh, getting everybody trained up to it is super, super important in the product layer organization. Cool. And we'll come back to training uh, in a little while. But there's a couple of questions that um, that I wanted to ask you. I mean, you've mentioned Jungle Scout, you mentioned OpenView, and you just remember Vendasta. Um, have you got any stories of some, you know, I know you and Wes have, have worked with different companies. And, and uh, to give it, have you got any stories that you can just share? About anything? <laughs> yeah, just about PLG and, and companies that you may have worked with or worked in and what right. that experience was like. Like, give people, like, an idea of what they could expect to to, to, to have to overcome what hurdles they might have to jump. Yeah. Oh, overcome. Right. For sure. I mean, an example that I I mentioned, Jungle Scout, like Danny Villarreal, he's the head of customer success there. They've done a lot of tremendous work in terms of like a, aligning their organizations around product led growth. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they've done is they looked at how, like, once again, go back to the question, how can we make it easier for our users to achieve success? Once again, Jungle Scout, is uh, a tool for Amazon resellers, and they have analytics tool on platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things they did is they ramped up all the documentation and knowledge base and self-serve onboarding and product tours that they have for their product. Uh, and as a result of all of that, they've seen like a, a over like three times inc- decrease in terms of the support that gets is one of the things that uh, is a win for for them. I saw how dr- I think it was from. Like fifteen hundred to two thousand tickets per month, to now like two to three hundred dollars within like, within like a, a couple of months, and that mm-hmm. it was so dramatic that people were like, "This is amazing!" Like it was one of the wins that they they've wow. seen with that. That's mm-hmm. one example. I think th- another one that I've heard on the podcast, uh, I chatted with somebody from Jebit, mm-hmm. is they were transforming from a sales side to a product led organization, and they were selling this quiz lead platform to like mm-hmm. big companies like Disney to like big brands uh, mm-hmm. to target. And it was a very sales led organization. And they were like, um, uh, Tom, the CEO being based out of Boston or where Boston is, is where OpenView is based. He okay. started seeing HubSpot and other companies do product led. And he told his leadership, leadership team, like we're going product led, we're gonna release premium. And his team <laughs> was like, this is crazy. This is absolutely nuts. They, they they he got like he created a small product led growth team. Uh, there was mm-hmm. like three of them: an engineering, a mark, a marketing person, mm-hmm. a product person, and they started working on this premium product. The first MVP they released, I, I told the story earlier. People, people nobody got, <laughs> nobody got success with their product. And people got stuck. But one of the stories, one of the wins that he said, where the the light bulb switch for everyone mm-hmm. was the product is traditionally like very like enterprise level pricing where it's like five to 10 grand per month. Okay. Okay. And somebody signed up on the weekend, a lead sign up for the weekend, started setting up their quiz funnel on, on their, on the platform. And then Monday they booked a call with a salesperson and then Tuesday they closed that deal oh, wow. for a five grand a month <laughs> deal. Wow. And, wow. and then wow. their, their, their sales cycle is usually like six months. And, and everybody was like, what the heck? It went from six months to like a couple of days for us to close this. And there's this misconception that he's he told me that he it, it, only small small businesses uh, prefer product plan. And mm-hmm. when he said even people who even people who are expect are looking to pay for a, a huge huge 
uh, budget on yeah. a monthly basis. Nice. They want to try something out first before they actually make that big purchase. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it was just a great story. And from then on, and they started like wrapping up more sales people who are pursuing product qualified leads, uh, and really wrapping up their freemium uh, offering with that. Nice. So that was just a great, great story that I heard from them. Yeah, that great stories, great stories. And so, um, I, I just want to say like thanks for for coming on. Firstly, um, and and we're not wrapping up like quite yet, but I did want to bring it back to. Um, what you guys are doing, especially like what you and Wes have, uh, have achieved. And I wanted to kind of let people understand like where your background comes and how, and, and how you fit into the, the ecosystem and the community you guys are creating. So why don't we talk about product led first uh, and what that is. Then let's then like lead straight into your books because like we could just make that a seamless conversation. And then and then let's take it from there. So, so start with a platform and, and, and finish with the books for me. Sure. Uh, so yeah, we when, when we are we're product. <laughs> That's a funny <laughs> way to put it. We're uh, we call ourselves now more of an education and community uh, company mm -hmm. where we really built one of the largest uh, Slack community around product led mm -hmm. uh, and pe for people to ask. It was super active. A lot of people ask questions. I think we have now nine nine thousand people in that in that community, and wow. we're even ramping up new new rewards program. Okay, <laughs> that's coming up for that community an ongoing webinar Wednesday series that hopefully mm -hmm. we'll start very, very soon to share, really like to evangelize and talk about and share about product-led growth as mm -hmm. a go-to-market approach. Mm -hmm. uh, and we also have this training program now that we help um, train, share, and, and educate people on the foundation, uh, the foundational stuff to building a successful world-class product-led business. That's a six weeks program that runs, um, yeah, for six weeks. And the next one is coming up is in November, 2021. Nice. We usually do that three to four times a year and huh. super excited about that. Yeah. I mean, and I'll back that, right? Just, just before you jump into the books, I'll back that. I've done it. Um, it it's not like uh, 20 people. There was like a hundred or so in the cohort. It's big, it's collaborative. Um, you definitely learn a lot. And I felt that, the people that were there, everyone was there to kind of commit. They weren't there to take. They they, they came, they contributed, and I felt that it it was a really good experience. For sure, I think yeah. I mean, we we you were such a one of the best students we've had. <laughs> you, I, I'll take so it. I'm not sure it's true, but I'll definitely take it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and and then obviously what 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 follows is you you guys have both written a book right so let's 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 dive into that i mean just just before before you do that um i just kind of uh, can, can pull these up and you can see that this one's kind of uh being read and this one's yet to be read but i'm in i'm in, I'm in. <laughs> thank you so much that's such a good shout out yeah i mean wes wes bush he wrote uh the first one product like growth book two years ago um yeah. it was two years in june uh so i mean uh, and then what really follows from from that book was the product-led onboarding, where he had he dedicated one chapter in in his book all about onboarding, and people kept asking him about it. And we find often that that's usually the first thing people ask companies that are making the shift from sales that the product-led. That's one one of the first things that they start asking about first. Mm -hmm. So like we then we we. Put together this the second book around onboarding and the the frameworks that we have around helping people improve their user onboarding experience 
Cool, cool. And so, um, just to kind of bring this full circle, and it's a question I haven't asked until you just you just said what you said. Are, are you guys still consulting outside of product led with companies? That's a good. <laughs> <laughs> we are. So we're not necessarily a consulting company anymore, yeah. but yeah. there are something that we are working out where we have the certificate program, right? Mm -hmm. It teaches people the foundation, but mm -hmm. we've seen companies, once again, Vendesta, where mm -hmm. they've been at it for two to three years. Yeah. <laughs> well, six weeks for a course uh, doesn't necessarily, I mean, sure, you're gonna learn all the, the foundational stuff, mm -hmm. but one of the things that we're working on is um, around some kind of coaching program where we can help people uh, with coaches that, that are we're vetting uh, that can help uh, mm -hmm. people really answer the questions, give them more confidence around implementing those those changes that they have. Okay, cool, cool. Well, listen, Remley, it's been a good 45. I think there's been a lot of uh, good information in there and you've shared a few golden nuggets for us. Um, anyone that um, that gets to see this on a replay, it's a shame that you weren't here to, to see it. And um, I'm going to keep running these LinkedIn lives because I feel like if you really want to learn, come and speak to the people that have that have done it and be here and, and i know for for some people um in the uk it might be a bit late but obviously i've got to cater for the speaker as much as i've got to cater for the audience so i will be replaying this uh, as a video straight off of the, the company page but ramley um the course great where do people go to sign up for the course yeah they can just go to product led growth or productled.com oh. <laughs> they should find the links there it's our, our primary call to action now yep. on this course that we have cool and 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 you mentioned the foundation there's actually like a there's a foundation course before the six week course right you can do like right a, yeah yeah there's a free course uh available um and you you can check it out as uh, product like growth fundamentals that people can check out cool. uh and it's also available on productled.com Brilliant, brilliant. And before I go, is there is there any one last piece of information that you think would be beneficial that I didn't cover? Yeah, I mean, it really like it goes back to to this culture around driving, like aligning everybody around use the user success. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, one of the ways that I've seen, uh, and this is some somebody from I'm still still borrowing from Andrew Kaplan. <laughs> He's the uh, least lead up growth at Postscript, uh, Wistia, and then HubSpot, mm -hmm. where like he would do like a full story Friday where he would just watch the user sign up for the product. And he would invite anybody from engineering, product sale, even sales. Like you, you really want to shift this culture now uh, around celebrating success. That's one example. Another example I've seen is I got a chance to talk to the head of growth at Miro. Miro is this collaboration tool. Mm -hmm. One of the things they do for like a company, meetings were like all hands on deck they would actually invite customers in to tell their stories into their um, like literally like when pre pre-pandemic they would invite them into their office and they would share their stories on how they're using Miro. and imagine as an engineer or a product person or as a product like when you're so far away from the customer you seeing the stories yep. it gets you excited and gets you more pumped up about the impact that you're doing, the use, the, once again, the success you're building into your customers. Yeah. Anytime that you can, like, that's exactly where I would start if you're thinking about becoming more product-led, yeah. is 
tying back to stories and, and success of, of your customers to ensuring that within your organization. I think that's just one thing, final departing words that I, that I would give to everybody. Brilliant. Like, thanks a lot. Like, I really appreciate you coming on board. Um, I'm sure we'll be in touch. I know we're trying to sort some other things out in the background. So again, I appreciate you coming on and uh, thanks for all the information you shared today. Thanks so much, Paul. Appreciate Cheers, it. family. Take care.